0: Okay, Jeremiah, listen. Oh, it's uh, beneath the screen of the Ultra Critics. Look, mm-hmm. Jeremiah, we, we're all friends here.
1: We're all friends here. All it's right? a safe oh, place.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's a safe place. Uh, and and we just really need to talk mm-hmm. about your anglophilia.
1: Yes. <laughs> that wasn't intentional, but I just figured what the
0: heck. A... Yeah. No, I know. It's like, hey, uh, we'll we'll do some upbeat movies. Here, here's these two. It's like, oh, they're both they're both movies set in, in Britain, of course, there.
1: Right. Well, one of them is about American Icon.
0: Yeah, it's a well. Okay, look, I love the the like back and forth of that movie because it's about the influence of an American icon uh, on a young Pakistani British man (laughs) growing into like and finding his place, like all that. It's great, but also, uh, all like all of your joy comes from uh, from British media.
1: That's yeah. Don't deflect. This is about you, huh?
2: I said, don't deflect. This is about you.
1: <laughs> this is about you. You wanted two happy. You wanted two happy endings. <laughs>
0: uh, anyway, then why we're, did we're...
1: I cry,
2: Jeremiah? Why did I cry watching them? Explain <laughs> that to me. Because you can have
1: happy tears. Uh... Not everything oh, is Daniel? Amy Pond. Why am I crying? Am I? I'm not sad.
0: Hold on. Wait. Let me make a note of that. They can have happy tears. <laughs> underline. <laughs> Question mark. Okay. Um. Anyway. So yes. Today's like episode.
1: Like emotional abuse, I would say. <laughs> uh,
0: how dare you? I am. I am very supportive of whatever those human emotions are. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, today's episode is uh, trying to bring a little bit of positivity to this uh, world. Question mark. Do we? Is this the world that we live on? <laughs>
1: Well, Beth, speaking of emotional abuse, seems to do nothing but give us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
2: yeah, there, I have hard We Live in a Society vibes every moment, <laughs> every day, recently.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> so much. So. <laughs> like, I'm thinking about trying to, to try start Trek, um, the one with uh, Janeway again. Even though I oh,
0: Voyager, wow, wow. I uh, I don't know. Back in my... <laughs> I'm afraid to go back to Voyager because like I watched Voyager when it was on TV and I was like kind of dumb, so I don't know how bad it will be. That's
2: right, Thaddeus. You used to be dumb.
1: <laughs> I was
0: dumb in a I was dumb in a young man way. Now I'm dumb in an ancient way.
1: Right. Like I started Voyager like three days after finishing Deep Space Nine.
0: Uh uh oh. Mm. And I'm, I'm going to tell you
1: right now, probably should have waited longer
0: yeah yeah you should have really let uh you should you gotta you gotta ruminate in deep space nine
1: well no, you're really gonna things are like these are two vastly different shows yeah even though they're both star trek one of them has a much more different sort of like mindset on how a story is told
0: and the other one is lost in space
1: right and not only that, <laughs> but like i'm sitting here going this is a really awesome story and then i realize yeah. you're never going to do anything with any of this are you Nope. Hmm. Oh god. Mm-mm.
0: Yeah, it's, it's basically a lost in space, except a much larger percentage of the population wants to have sex with the robot. That and I mean, like season
1: three or four, I was told.
0: No, no, the holographic doctor's there from the beginning.
1: Oh yeah. Dip, dip, dip. <laughs> yep. Okay. Set him up. Knock him
0: down. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for falling into my trap, Jeremiah. You're
1: welcome. All right, let's get on. <laughs> so the, the two movies we're looking at today is Blinded by the Light mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Paddington for some reason mm-hmm. a movie that keeps slipping out of my head. Uh, we're going to start yeah. off
0: with the, Well, that, okay, the reason you keep forgetting about Paddington is it's that like David Foster Wallace speech about this is water. Like you <laughs> you spend so much time immersed in Paddington that you keep forgetting that it's a thing. It's it's too present in your life.
1: Okay, so we'll start with Blinded by the Light.
0: Okay. You
2: just move on. You just keep going. <laughs> to upstream a... like a salmon.
0: We'll, we'll, we will see if Jeremiah remembers what the other movie is by the time we're <laughs> done talking about Blinded by the
1: Light. Okay. It's a social experiment. <laughs> Blinded by the Light, directed by <laughs> Gunda Shatter. Mm-hmm. Uh, written by um, Paul Medea Bridges, uh, mm-hmm. Mrs Shatter herself, and Sarah Faz which is a book that was basically a uh, series of essays about his mm. experience listening to Springsteen. Mm. Kind of like um, a Nick Hornby-style version of like um, High Fidelity.
0: Yeah, uh, gre- Greetings from Burry Park, Race, Religion, and Rock and Roll.
1: Yep. Uh. And the movie is essentially... Okay, want to take it? Yeah, so the movie is about our
2: main character is Javed, who is a 16-year-old – His actually starts on his birthday – a 16-year-old Pakistani-British young man in a town called Lofton. And this takes place in 87, I believe, so they're under the fist of the Iron Lady. <laughs> and he <laughs> clashes with his traditional Pakistani father and his traditional Pakistani family, where he both, like, loves his family, but he also wants to escape – And a young Sikh boy at school gives him uh, a Bruce Springsteen tape, which sends him off into becoming a huge Bruce Springsteen fan, inspires him to really push his writing and poetry along with a teacher at the school who continually submits his writing to contests. And there's also this strong background of both the end of the good jobs and the poverty of the area that he lives in, as what like it's a blue collar working class that's solely being eaten away at by the edges. His father, it's, a, it's like father.
0: a a kind of dying rust, like the beginning of a rust belt dying sort of setup. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. It's very much the British rust belt kind of thing, and Luton. as well as the the uh, the the issue is that there is a rising uh, neo Nazi group, the
0: National Front,
2: which is a real group that mm. he is dealing with as they are victimizing and harassing Pakistani people in the neighborhood and there is sort of a culmination where on his sister's wedding day um, when they're trying to get to the community center for the wedding a white nationalist march takes place and his father is attacked and lives but like it's sort of all of these things are happening and it sort of ends with him quarreling with his father and his traditional family and them sort of reaching an understanding about the power of his writing in his community and his father sort of giving him his blessing as he takes his son far away to college. And this is all through the lens of Bruce Springsteen lyrics and references. And he actually uh, eventually comes to America to visit the home home neighborhood of the boss.
1: Can't imagine anything better <laughs> than better <reason for> <laughs> the United States of America. Than I, I, uh. The boss.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine why Jeremiah would choose this movie.
1: <laughs> I am a Springsteen fan, yes.
0: Look, I, yeah, no, I, I, I'm not, no shade. I also, I enjoy Springsteen, but I am not conversant as much. I know the big ones, you know, I love Me Some Born uh-huh. to Run. Uh,. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm less conversant in, in the, the, the deeper catalog, as it were. Although, this movie definitely got me looking at my various streaming services and being like, okay, I'm going to add that album. Add that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's also one of the things, where, like, this is one of those movies where, like, I, some people are like, you have to be a Springsteen fan to really dig it. Hmm. And I'm like, I don't think you have to be.
0: No, I don't think you have to, cause, because, Kara, are you, are, you, are you especially conversant in Springsteen?
2: Uh, I'm not but I actually do have a fun Springsteen story is that um, uh, back when God in the mid 90s there was like a a terrible sort of family drama that I'm not going to get into but essentially like my mom and I had to pack up our car and drive from Arizona to Illinois in the middle of the night because of a family crisis with our family in Illinois and so we're just gonna drive for 24 hours and she's like "Kara, pick out an album and so i'm going through this thing of tapes and i don't know what i'm gonna choose and so i eventually end up grabbing out a uh a tape of a man's ass with a handkerchief <laughs> and she's like oh we're gonna groove to the boss today huh and like i just remember listening to that single tape over and over again for like 24 hours in uh, 1999
1: which is odd because born on the fourth of july born in the you mean well, born so in the USA? USA was, uh, <laughs> different a, different thing. Right, like, uh, It's not an uplifting album.
0: No.
2: <laughs> it wasn't an uplifting time. It was right, it was a very a sad <laughs> trip. It was very much setting the mood.
1: Right. I mean there's a song on the if I remember correctly called Downbound Train. <laughs>
2: uh yeah. I, f- I f- there, was,
1: there was a lot of driving and crying. <laughs> um but yeah, so I don't think you need to be a Springsteen fan because it's more about Yavi's sort of discovery of like we all have that one artist that Mm. we connect to and it's about that moment in time for him and how he uses that to try to process the events in his life around him. Mm. Also, looking at a working class family that's that's normally white in most other movies but here is Pakistani Mm. Mm -hmm. and actually finding ways to connect that to I guess when most people like it's just it's we've seen this story before. We've just rarely oh, yeah. seen it with Pakistani. <laughs>
0: and also, I, mu- I must say, we rarely see it this well and compassionately done in all directions, except of course the fucking Nazis, because fuck them. right? So, uh, but like the 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 way that his family is portrayed is excellent. It right. is incredibly believable. Like the the tension between him and his father is very real and not manufactured. And, uh, and, like, understandable if you, like, understand all of the characters, which the movie takes pain t- to establish. What?
1: Like, it, this is a,
0: this is a confident, like, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll shift this in Kara's direction, because like, she, she did not, like, get into the movie in, like, the first act, um, uh, until, like, c- because there's a lot of tension. Like, it, yeah. it, it's, like, actually very earnestly, like, this is a great teenage coming-of-age movie. like, <laughs> Like, this is a higher quality member of this genre than I have maybe ever seen, but at least seen in a long time.
2: It's also, like, we've seen the movie of, like, the disapproving immigrant parents. I mean, I think we saw that in, like, Bend It Like Beckham. And there are certainly other movies set in America or other countries about, like, the sort of disapproving immigrants that come here to work hard. They get their feet kicked out from under them. And there's conflict usually between either the father and the son or the mother and the daughter, sort of depending yeah. And his father is a really great character and very humanized in ways I think are great um especially because he's he's a very vulnerable person like as he loses his job and like his whole family has to do everything they can and his wife is like working 20 hours as a seamstress she has to sell her jewelry um they're worried that they won't be able to afford their daughter's wedding which would be very you know tragic like socially a tragedy yeah. And um, there's this great moment where his wife is um, she's kind of combing his hair and she's combing some like oh. hair dye into his hair. And she's telling him, like, you know, you're going to look nice for your daughter's wedding. today is a happy day. And he just starts to weep. And he's like, I'm a terrible father. I've let this family down. I made a mistake in coming to Britain. I don't know what to do. And he's just so vulnerable. And she's <laughs> like, you are a great father and I am proud of you. And it's a really emotional moment because you don't usually get to see.
0: Yeah, a lot, a lot that, of that role—the role, the role yeah. of the
2: father—emotionally open up like that, and right. you see very clearly his motivations of why he does the things that he does.
0: Yeah, I feel like a lot of movies in this genre um, are written, like at least the, let's say the ones that are pr- most likely written by white people and most likely white dudes, are <laughs> are very much about like defeating the specter of their parents and like uh, winning yeah. them over a- after the fact. And this movie is not that. Like this movie takes pains to like for a coming of age drama to really establish like a, a complex and uh, and like believable emotional dynamic between like his family and like his friend who he he's is like his neighbor that he butts heads with at one point uh, oh, in yeah, a, in man. a very like, yeah, yeah yeah in a very in a very understandable teenage way uh, and also like the music of Bruce Springsteen like it it helps him find himself, but he also like the, the movie also like explores him focusing on it too much and like pushing away. And and, like the, the, the end of the movie is very much a mutual coming together as opposed to like a victory for the, what the son knew he wanted all along. And like, it's, it's so, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just very textured in a way that like I was not expecting because this, because I had not seen this before.
2: I actually And wanted... and also
0: uh, I don't know if Kara you know this but it is the same director as Bendit like Beckham.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. I did, I did not know that. I did yeah. want to compare like so like nothing about the plot really, but it kind of reminds me of Moana because the the central <laughs> conflict is and this is silly that Moana wants to go out, this is a Disney movie. Moana wants to go out sailing, and her father says no, it's not their traditions, and then she finds a way to merge her very far back ancestral traditions with her village, with her family. And so the end of it is not her making her dad eat crow. It's them coming together to develop something new. And mm. so the end of this movie is very much, um, uh, he's won a writing contest to talk about how much Bruce Springsteen means to him as a Pakistani Brit and his, his dad at the invitation of his like a uh, white British girlfriend, his dad, his mom and his sister all come
0: this is, this and is after he and, he and his father have yeah, come through a head, and he's walked out and is living yeah. with a friend instead of with his yeah, family. Like it's the, yeah, like very tense.
2: And his family comes to support him, and he has this moment where he's reading this sort of essay, and he looks up, and he's like, "I don't know if I can read this anymore because I have to negotiate these identities in a way I didn't think about when I wrote this." And it's very clear he's so having this moment of like, "I don't want to stop being Pakistani and British. I want to be all of these things." And um, he bonds really closely with his with his dad and his dad's still not a perfect man. But they both reach out to each other, which I think is, is a great way to have a, a male story end is with the men. Reaching out to each other with love and understanding, I don't think there are enough stories that end like that, and especially not a lot of immigrant stories, which are almost always about how your family is wrong.
1: Well, a, In that same moment, he even goes, my dad isn't like the dad you see on TV. Mm-hmm. he's not a jokey kind of dad he's kind of sad and it's that realization like the son sees the sadness he's, not, like, yeah. he's aware that the dad doesn't feel like he's succeeded yeah and does even that great moment when after he comes back from New Jersey he's sort of spying on his family from afar <laughs> and he yeah. sees his father defeated by the job prospects and you have that Springsteen song they're not going to wear me down like they did to you and it's that desire to like. I don't want to end up like you, but I'm not ashamed of you.
0: Yeah, and I think also one of the things that I found very interesting was the the way that racism was portrayed in the movie, oh, yeah. because we we see various facets of it. So we we obviously like we see graffiti spraying like skinhead dude early on, and uh, and and or and then later we see like uh, this, this three like. Big white dudes like, uh, force him and his friend to move from, uh, him and his Sikh friend to move from, uh, the where they, yeah, from the, where they were sitting in a restaurant. And, uh, and it's, it's not, I don't know how, how quite I want to describe this, but like, it's not romanticized. It is shown as a very, ev- like, in, like, it's, it's, there, there it's aren't not like,
1: melodramatic, it's, just very yeah, it's not
0: melodramatic. That's a better word for it. It, it is very, like, every day awful. Right. Um, And like, uh, and also like the, the one of, of their, they're like going to one of his dad's friends to help him get ready for, for that guy's son's engagement. And like these white children from the neighborhood, uh, like younger kids like come in and and, and, like pee through their mail slot. (laughs) And then you see, and I, and I think you briefly saw, saw this when they entered the house, but there's like a plastic mat there because they have to clean this up all the time.
1: And it's one of the things when, like, I've, every time I see it, I'm like, "That's just so blunt. Like, they're not yeah. even dancing around it." And like, I mean, you, you like, we why also... don't you chase the white kids? Are you kidding?
0: <laughs> yeah. And also, we see the we on the wedding day, like uh, on the sister's wedding day, like Kara said, we we don't actually see the wedding. Right. Uh, we see, but we do see the it's interruption by a fascist march by the the National Front through their town, and it's very like this is a very like. It is. This is the definition of using a movie about like the past to talk about the present. Yeah. Like the,
2: the, so. The the great part is these these people are from Lofton. Like these people mm-hmm. live there. He is sixteen okay. years old.
0: L- uh, yeah.
2: Luton. L- 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 I'm so sorry. Okay. He's so th- this family has grown yeah, you're up You're
0: all the letters, Kara. How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> oh no! Wait. Actually, it is just L-U-T-O-N. never mind. You are wrong.
2: Luton. Sorry. <laughs> uh. But so his family lives here. Like he's. A lute night, his dad has worked for this company for, you know, 16 years, 16 years. His sister is getting married at at a local building. And so these local people are blocked from going to a wedding to another local boy by racist outsiders saying they don't belong there. Right. And they, like it's on their wedding day that this march is and it seems like the, it was like an unannounced parade. And so there's this question of like, well, who gets to access the public space? Those who are not from here who are trying to drive out locals or the local people who are trying to strengthen their ties to the community with the wedding and the fascists kind of win. Yeah. So so it's a very it's a very stark moment.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned earlier, like the the movie goes, goes to great pains to show you that. Javid can kinda of be a jerk.
0: Yeah.
1: In a very can... in a very
0: teenage way.
1: Right. Yeah. Well not only that, but like there's a moment when he goes with his with her, with his sister to a day club. Yeah. For teenagers. And he's listening to Springsteen and finally he realizes he's listening to Springsteen and ignoring the world around him to an extent. Mm. So he takes mm-hmm. off the headphones and starts, you know, just dancing just sort of, to the music yeah, being of the club. It's like, oh, there's other music besides Springsteen he can still touch me and I can still listen to other things and it doesn't diminish the sting. sting. Yeah. And the and other it's,
2: thing is, is the, is it specifically a, a day club for Desi kids? Yes. So they're playing like a Desi fusion music and everyone there is Brown and they're wearing like mixes of like British, um, Pakistani Clubwear. clothing. Yeah. yeah. So it's like a very clear, like distinctly moment. These like, there's sort of a moment where like he sees his sister dancing with a boy and i feel like there's a moment where he's like oh i'm part of this yeah. mm-hmm. i'm not watching it this is my people and my culture in this moment and i should be present
0: for it and it's also like uh oh sorry go ahead
1: no go ahead
0: What to uh just like that's another great example of just like all of the, the family characters are given, like, we're, we're given, they may not focus on them, but we are given a variety of suggestions of their own personal, like, depth and humanity.
1: Right.
0: Because, like, the, that, that little scene where he, he like, goes to the club with his sister is just like, oh, we, we hadn't spent much time with her, but, like, they, they come to understand, like, each other's private lives a little better, and, like, the mother uh like we we see her working and like that that intimate moment that Kara was talking about earlier with her and her husband when like the husband's sort of breaking down uh and also like her sort of pushing back against him later after like j Javid is, has left uh and, and like it's i don't know it's it's it does a it does a really good job of uh establishing character
1: All right well like there's a one moment between the the pants when the mom's calling out the dad, it's like, you left Pakistan. <laughs> he just yeah, that... wants to go to, like, Oxford. Like...
0: <laughs> yeah, he just wants to go to Manchester. Like, right, come on. It's
1: like, <laughs> not I... a different country.
2: <laughs> like, I really love that scene for a lot of reasons. One of them being is that, um, I haven't actually really heard sort of the, the I feel weird saying this, but like the immigrant story being put that way where she puts it to him as like, our son wanting to be a writer and going to this school is no different than you wanting a better life and coming to the UK to have it.
1: Right. This is exactly it, like, why you can
2: <laughs> <laughs> And so I think that's such a, a great way of sort of phrasing that tension of like, he's not deserting us. He's not leaving us. He's moving on towards something. Right. And you were, you know, you once told your dad to bite it and that you were going to yeah. do the thing you were going to do too. <laughs> like, how is this any different?
1: Well, that's because that
2: parents choice is an adult choice, not a right. baby choice. Hmm.
1: But the dad and Yavi have an argument
0: mm-hmm. that it's
1: really weird because when they filmed it, because this movie's like a year. Old. Yeah, yeah. But even then, like the argument is the dad just says everything that's wrong here. Is, is worse, worse in America, America. <laughs> and the, yeah, but he's like, no, no, no. Everything that's wrong here is better in America. And no, no, no like, it's everything
0: that's good here is better in America.
1: Right. It's like, well, yeah. I don't know.
0: It's one of those things where it's like I can see aspects of both being true, but maybe not in the ways that either of you think.
2: Right. <laughs> well, it's it's also funny because it takes place in the eighties, and um like I said, 87 and Javid says to his father, like in America, they don't know who Pakistanis are. Like they're in like the, what he's clearly <laughs> saying is this sort of institutional prejudice against people like us isn't there. Right. <laughs> and I would argue that like, this is, I was born in 86. This is before my time, but I'd argue that I feel like a lot of, that he may not have been wrong about that, that no. he oh may yeah have-
0: like not not until 9/11 did we really lean into that like not yeah, to right. say it was fine before but like it was it was like that that prejudice was was sort of in the general like oh they're not white but they're not the ones we pay attention to about hating right
1: like the prejudice yeah. was there but I don't know if there was to the degree
0: or at least yeah, that's my perspective as like a midwestern white guy. I could be very
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm like I could be very wrong about
2: that, and also like it's uh, time has become strange. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes, <laughs> and reality has become Lovecraftian. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: well, one thing I want to talk about before we move on is the style of the movie. Fad mentioned before that it's very earnest, and it is It's also very blunt. And the fact yes. that when he listens to Springsteen, the lyrics literally appear <laughs> on the screen.
2: I really liked that.
1: And it leans into it. It, it does... has a little
2: bit of musical logic sometimes.
1: It yeah. does, because there are moments when they try, like they break into a song and dance around, almost had like a hard day's night feel. Mm. They they do that a couple of times. And it's like this thing where for a movie to be this blunt and this sincere, there's a craftsmanship to it that it's never shy about what it is, mm. but it's also never clunky about what it is. If that makes any sense. Because yes. Because there's, there's a moment where they lock the, D, the school DJ out of the radio booth. <laughs> yeah. And take over and play Springsteen, because there's this weird moment where it's also hard to... Realize that, Springsteen quote unquote saved rock and roll because there was a point where no one really cared about actual instruments. <laughs> yeah, because everyone was going towards the electronica and disco. And, disc- and so the, the hatred disco has a whole other connotation to it. Yeah. But there's that moment where Springsteen wasn't as popular as he is now, and so there's this is weird thing. Like, I don't want to play Springsteen. He's not cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, and when and like that that moment that does end up, like, causing tension between him and his friend Matt, but, like, where all the dads are, like, uh, at the at the street market are, like, right. singing along with the Springsteen and stuff. Like, it's so, very charming. Just, just,
2: just for context, so Javid is helping out. His friend Matt's dad uh, runs, like, a, a clothing, like, an outdoor clothing store kind of thing and is willing to give Javid a little bit of a job to help his family out. And Javid puts in his, his headphones. He doesn't put them in, I guess. He puts them on. And turns on a Springsteen song, and he's kind of singing along to, and it's a it's a love ballad, and I don't know what it's called. And he turns <laughs> and looks and sees the girl that he has a crush on, and so he starts singing That's the no lyrics. Lies, Eliza, and so he starts singing the lyrics of the song, like, openly singing the lyrics of the song to her, which she's kind of interested and flattered by, and then all of the, like, middle-aged dads around him start to belt out the song because they know the lyrics and they want to, like, sing along to this clearly blossoming romance story in front of them.
1: I believe uh, it's Thunder Road, if I remember
0: correctly. I believe you are correct.
1: Because they're, they're uh. like, because hey, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> That's Road. No.
2: It's it's a great moment, and I also like the fact that um, the girl he's dating helps sort of his family reconcile with him, and there's a a great part where her sort of very conservative parents are sort of suggesting that she's only dating this Indian kid to, like, shock them. Right. And they they say as much, and she's like, really? What's shocking about Javid? He doesn't... (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah and there's just <laughs> silence.
2: And he's just he's just like this kind of dorky looking kid wearing like a polo shirt who doesn't drink and they have no answer to that and then later on he asks her like are you only dating me to shock your parents because if you are I'm okay with that. <laughs> he's
1: like <laughs> yeah well, yeah, like, 100%. That setup,
0: yeah, that setup is is great for a number of reasons because in a in a lesser movie like cuz the the dad lists like various guys that she's brought home like ooh the guy with the eyeliner and ooh, the the ugh. He mentions there also being a black guy, but he says it slightly more racistly, <laughs> uh, and uh, and like so, like there's that, and then there's that great thing of like what's what's so shocking, what's shocking about Navi- and there, uh, about uh, Javid, and and there's uh, there's that silence, and in a lesser movie, that would have made him eventually, like the, that list would have made him overtly jealous,
1: right?
0: And like when he brings it up later, he brings it up as a joke, <laughs> like. As like a little flirty moment between the two of them. And it's it's great. It's Because uh, it's this great fake out. Uh, um, I, I really like that moment. We she's should also, also mention that
1: Hayley Atwell has a thankless role as his English teacher. Yeah. No yeah. The fact that she she's she's there.
0: Yeah uh yeah because she's she does the like the inspiring teacher uh very like very well just uh Whoa. just not not like overplaying it or anything just well, here also she don't is
1: focus on her that much yeah because yeah. she's
0: his teacher like she's there for <laughs> school and that's it she's not the center of his life <laughs>
1: right. uh, she's like, you i have also- turn in your poems if you have them i'm not gonna yeah. chase you down
0: and then and in between that i'm sure she goes off to do uh secret shield missions
2: yeah. I, I also want to point out that his his girlfriend was it eliza yeah, yeah. eliza Jevid's girlfriend um eliza is actually at the the fascist march and yeah, she's an
0: anti-fascist his... activist and she takes him to like an anti-fascist music show like that we and don't she... see but we see them leaving
2: and uh she actually like hits one of the neo nazis with a sign yeah, and when she, she sees his dad <laughs> when she sees his dad be attacked she like jumps over and like runs to help this man who's bleeding and yeah, injured. She doesn't and clearly... know,
0: i don't think she knows it's his family at that point
2: uh, No, not until later i don't think and, and she uh, yeah
0: the, and then she like chastises him for ducking out to buy fucking show tickets <laughs> yeah
2: you know, she's like this is important like yeah this was an important day and you should have been there for your family and he's like very upset about this because he kind of knows it too
0: Honestly, now that I think about it, you know what? We never really did watching this movie, Kara. We didn't, like, we, we paused it a few times to just be like, oh, look at this, or blah, blah, blah. But, but we never stopped it to be like, oh, fucking, why are they doing it? Like, none of the drama. <laughs> Feels manufactured. Like no, <laughs> they take the time to establish these characters, and like it's. I'm not saying like, oh, look at this, this truly great film representation. Right. Blah blah blah. But like they they put in the work to establish these characters and these dynamics, and it it pays off very well. Like it's. Oh. There, it's there is unbelievable drama.
2: There is, I'm sorry, a small subplot line that I forgot about. Um, his neighbor, who's kind of an old, and remember this takes place in the 80s. His neighbor is kind of a grumpy, old-looking white guy. Yeah. And kind of is kind of eyeballs his family in a way like they're not welcome. And then uh, Javid. Well, I bet, at but the it could of the be movie, that, or it
0: could just be like old white guy eyeballing neighbors through the blinds. Like.
2: <laughs> and then so Javid at one point has a moment where he goes to throw away all of his poetry, save some of it, but some of it gets away from him. And uh, the old white man finds one of his poems and comes to the door and gives it to his, his dad. And there's a moment where you think that the the white guy's mad at this kid's poetry. And then he says, he's like, I'm a World War II veteran. I fought against the Nazis and the fact that I see kids wearing swastikas around town makes me angry. And you wrote this poem yeah. about like being attacked by these...
0: Yeah, he, he Wait, it was it. specifically a, a poem that mentioned the NF, which is the National Front. Which, fun mm-hmm. fact, the the the, pre- the direct predecessors to the modern day EDL and uh, you know the, the the current day fascist movements in uh, in okay. Britain. Yep,
2: yep. And so there, there's this moment where this all. man he was sort <laughs> of. Uh, a cipher or maybe even somewhat hostile to this family. Like, after that, he shows up several times in ways to be positive and encouraging because he views them as fundamentally on the same side against these Nazis and fascist invaders right. of the community.
0: Yeah. And that actually, there's a there's an undercurrent, like, those moments and also that moment where uh, he and, uh, oh God, what is his friend's name? I think it's, uh, uh, no, not Matt, no, uh, the mean, uh, Yeah, um, they're they're at that restaurant and they get uh confronted and uh, they you know move tables because the the sort of fascist seeming youth who I think we also see in the the national front march later at least one Sorry, of them Rupes. uh yeah uh we uh him and him and uh, roops are are there and like roops sort of awkwardly hits on the waitress and she like rolls her eyes and walks away and then like the the fascist guy shows up uh, show up and start problems and then, like, when they 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 leave something at the table that the the jerks, the fascist jerks took, and they go and take it back, and there's a little bit of a confrontation, which uh, Javid, of course, solves by, like, starting to to speak Bruce Springsteen lyrics at him, and then Roops comes up. And they, like, they sort of leave, and there are these sort of nods of acknowledgement from, like, other people, including the waitress, that they kind of annoyed earlier. And it's an interesting moment, because we, like, one of the... F- we We see, like white people who are willing to be like, oh yes, I side with you over the fascists, like after things have happened, but like a lot and like one of the few, but, but, but also like those moments, like those moments of connection are rare and they're not like nobody, very few people go out of their way. Like that old man, like when he finds that, that poem and decides to like take initiative to, to, you know, praise and praise Javed and and connect to his, to his family. Like, but a lot of these moments aside from like Eliza being like already part of an activist group. So we do see like anti-fascist activist presence, but there's also this negotiation of like that, that sort of liberal way of like, yes, we agree that this is wrong, but we're not going to do much about it other than show that we are on your side. And it's, it's this, I don't know. It's it's that that sort of complex complex acknowledgement of like this stuff being not dealt with, right? Societally, uh, and it's I, I find that resonates very strongly with today.
2: Well, I feel especially like w- with the wedding scene and like the police stop yeah, the police- again. The local community members going to a wedding in order for the fascists to march, and they stop their car and prevent them from accessing uh, the.
0: The roadway, yeah. The, the
2: roadway. And so it's like, who gets to have these spaces? Mm. And the fact is sort of like, yes, these guys are jerks, but we're going to let them have their march, actually denies other people the space.
0: Yeah. Uh, and it's, uh, I don't know. Like I said, it's a, it's a, I am not surprised that this movie came out last year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it came out last year and didn't do that well
0: that—that oh, that is a shame.
1: It did wow. not.
2: I, rem- I remember hearing about it, though. Did I
1: because I wouldn't shut up
2: about it? No, I don't think it was you. Uh, no. I just realized that, like, denying that you would have mentioned it came across as very weird. So no, it
1: wasn't you.
0: Through. Who cares what you say, Jeremiah?
2: <laughs> yeah. And,
0: this is terrorist time now.
2: And <laughs> I couldn't, like, restructure my thought fast <laughs> enough, so I just kind of kind of faded out, hoping that someone will edit uh, in sound effects and post to cover that no, moment for me. No because we have a that. post.
0: Yeah, no, no <laughs> one will do that. <laughs>
2: There's no post.
0: There's you can can't edit audio. Edit
2: can't edit audio. It's impossible. It
1: it's not happening. Oh, it's possible. We just don't have the tools for that
0: there's no such thing as audio editing um <laughs> that's a fiction you've been like anyway to we, do we have any final uh points before we move on to whatever the other movie is that we were talking about Pan- let's see <laughs> if you're am- ah
2: good for you did you write it down yes
0: that's cheating. that's cheating anyway but yeah i I, hi- I i highly recommend this movie like i i really like I wasn't expecting not to enjoy it because Jeremiah has good taste in movies, and, and he is the one who usually does the the list picking. Uh, but but like really like I find coming of age movies often kind of lukewarm in my uh, in my ancient days here at the <laughs> twilight of the world, and uh, I I really I really enjoyed this like this this is a movie much like uh, the, the French one whose name escapes me that I just I, I really I really connected with. I i, I talking about I, two days
1: one night?
0: Yeah, two days one night. I think
2: the movie was in French, but I don't think it was a French movie. I think it was uh
0: different Yeah, but um yeah, I, I really do recommend it. It's it's this was a real good movie.
2: Same. Same. I would I would recommend give it give it time to because it's it feels like it's kind of treading water, but it's actually getting its feet underneath itself to like move forward with the story. And it doesn't it doesn't take any of the really obnoxious turns. Everyone feels very real.
1: Hmm. I had it on my top ten of the year, so we know how I feel. Uh... Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but no you, movies. you also watch like so many more movies than than either Kara <laughs> <Carol> or I.
1: <laughs> this is true. Moving on <laughs> to 2014, Paul King's Paddington. Which have mm-hmm. you guys actually seen this yet?
0: No, actually.
1: No, I haven't seen it.
2: Look, I've I, watched the Patrick Wilson's video about it multiple, multiple times, but I've never myself seen it.
0: And I also remember your your review and your uh, your uh, overjoyed praise for this movie, uh, basically constantly since 2014 or whenever it was you saw it for the first time.
1: <laughs> it's so good.
0: Yeah. Uh it it is also a movie. Like, honestly, one of the big connections between these two films, aside from uh Jeremiah's uh unhealthy and consistent anglophilia, which I feel like we got sidetracked from addressing, but anyway, um <laughs> is the fact that like it's a it's a movie that that is uh it's very you know, it's still a very broad movie in a lot of ways, but like the family dynamics, uh family movieified though they are. Like they're given more. Like the father, I, in a lot of ways, I think a lot of the cartoonishness in stories like this come from how parents are drawn. Yeah, and uh, I think in Paddington as well. Like the what happened with the Mr. Brown to make him so like stick up his ass is um, it's again, it's it's we, silly. We haven't
2: in explained that... the plot of the
0: movie. Yet. Okay, fine. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, guys. I was go waiting ahead.
1: for you to peel out and Kara to jump in. Mm.
2: <laughs> so. Paddington is the story of a bear. So, uh, 40 that's years it, ago. And,
1: you know. Okay, anyway. 40 so, years
2: in darkest Peru, this English explorer goes and he meets this family of very intelligent bears. And he invite, warmly invites them to come to London, teach them English, and leaves them several artifacts, including uh, a love of marmalade. Uh, <laughs> in the modern day, kind of, it's kind of like a never win, but we're going to say the modern day, uh, right. young. This young bear lives with his. Oh no,
0: auntie. Kara! It's it's not the modern day. It's 2014, which I believe was like 30 years ago.
2: Yeah, this young bear lives with his grant with his uh, aunt and uncle. His uncle dies, and his aunt is elderly, and they're all bears. And so his aunt tells him that he's going to go to London to try and find a new family, and she references. Um, she references. Is, uh, the children that arrived during world war ii in the blitz and were picked up at the train station to have new families it's like this moment of british pride
1: oh yeah the kindred children yeah
2: the kindred children and so uh paddington goes off his first day in london is not great and he ends up meeting this family the browns uh mr brown mrs brown and then the two kids whose names i have written down but i don't remember
1: i believe it's julie and michael
2: Julian and Michael. Okay, so Mr. Brown is an insurance guy who's very worried about safety and danger. His wife, Mrs. Brown, is a dreamy children's author who is always interested in the spiritual. Uh, their daughter, Julie, is a little bit angry teenager tense. That was way
1: off. It was Judy and Jonathan.
2: Judy yeah. and Jonathan. Judy um, is angry teenager tense with like her always wearing her headphones and kind of angry at her mom for being spacey and the little brother john i believe
0: uh, believe you've forgotten that uh, judy's problem is that she has uh, a severe case of embarrassment yeah (laughs) she's chronically suffering from embarrassment
2: and then jonathan uh is a young boy i think he's only like eight or nine and he wants to be an astronaut is constantly in danger and after breaking his legs uh Prior is no longer allowed to have dangerous toys. <laughs> and so when Paddington comes to their house, like his misunderstandings about like what a house is and what a home is, they, they pick him up with the intention. Mrs. Brown picks him up. It's like, we're not going to leave this small bear child in the station. We're going to pick him up and we're going to find out where he can go safely. And so Paddington accidentally destroys their house. And then over the course of the film, he sort of bonds with each of the family members in an individual way, including eventually uh, Mr. Brown. Hmm. Uh, uh, at the same time, we see a plot line where this woman who is like a taxidermist is obsessed with the idea of getting this bear who is ultimately named Paddington by the family of getting the bear and stuffing him like killing and stuffing him for a taxidermy thing. And uh, eventually she attacks him in the house and escapes without anyone noticing that she's there, but he has no words to describe what it's like being attacked by somebody in a wetsuit wearing a gas mask, who describes it as an elephant snake destroyed the house. (laughs) <laughs> At which point they think he's lying. He runs away trying to find the explorer. All this time he's trying to find the explorer. He finally finds the explorer and he finds out the woman is the explorer's daughter. The ex- because the explorer did not bring back a specimen of a bear, he was humiliated and died kind of penniless, it's suggested. And she is resentful of this bear, so she's going to kill him and stuff him because her family was never rich and famous for exploitation.
1: Mm.
2: Uh, she has enlisted a neighbor to help her in this quest, and when he realizes that Paddington is going to be killed, not simply sent elsewhere out of the neighborhood, but killed, he is horrified because he's, like, racist, but not that racist. (laughs) And so he tells the family where Paddington is, and the family, using the lessons Paddington has taught them, as well as their personal growth, uh, overcome various things to get him out of the museum, rescue him, and he becomes a part of the family, where they all make marmalade together.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. The neighbor, by the way, Peter Capoli. The
0: neighbor This our... is an anonymous phone call.
1: <laughs> who's, who's on the phone, dear?
0: Mr. Curry, doing a silly voice.
2: <laughs> uh, the, the film is very, like, has these beautiful, warm, lush colors in the background. It has a lot of really, really great transition sequences.
0: Like, up there, like, it's it does a, a, a take on the, the sort of Wes Anderson cut in half ship from uh, uh, Life Aquatic but with the house and it's, it's lovely because they use a little doll house to transit. Like it's, it's, oh, it's so great.
2: I would say that, that visually speaking, the movie is stunning, like stunning and well thought out visually. Like everything about it should have won. I don't know if it did, but it should have been nominated for some sort of recognition of like set decoration. Yeah. It, like it, I don't it, know what it award that is. America.
1: And mm, it, of course, like, it, it bombed so bad here that we didn't think there'd be a sequel, and it was, and the sequel is even better, and it bombed even worse here because uh, Americans hate Paddington.
0: That's uh, Americans are are a fallen people. I know. Um,
1: but it's
2: also, like it's funny because it's a very British movie. Like both of these movies are actually very much like alluding to, but not dealing very intently with the British legacy of colonialism. Right. Because why is there institutional? Racism against Pakistanis. Why did this Pakistani family choose the UK? And the same thing of like. The explorer was supposed to. Go to darkest Peru. And murder an intelligent being. In order to be rewarded. Like that's a
1: yeah. dark uh,
2: plot twist. Also the uh, villain played is... by Nicole Kidman.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. Who is. Who away. is.
0: Yeah, she is. She is having a, a Kate Blanchett in Thor Ragnarok level <laughs> good time playing this. Like, oh
2: yeah, like this is clearly a moment she's been waiting for for a while.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, like it's a, it's it's gr- it's a. It does a good job of all the sort of far school misunderstandings and and as I started ranting earlier, like Mr. Brown, the sort of you know uptight father character, like it, it's it's done in a much broader way than than in uh, Blinded by the Light, but like we are. We're, we're given a much more sympathetic portrayal of, like, why he got so uptight in a very, like, compressed and, and family movie way, but still, uh, like, a, he's not a caricature. Like, a, I believe the movie that Kara and I both came up with uh, to, to compare, like, a, a worse version of this would be, uh, um, oh, I'm blanking now, Kara, the, the big dog. Um, oh, Beethoven.
2: Beethoven. Thank you. Yeah, the father of Beethoven <laughs> is a god-awful human being yeah. and just the worst. And you feel no sympathy for him as opposed yeah. to Mr. Brown, who is like, I mean, it's fair that when a bear destroys your bathroom and causes an indoor flood, you're like, this animal should not be in my house. Yeah. <laughs> like, when you think, because uh, the second time is when Nicole Kidman's character breaks in and tries to kidnap him, and, like a fire starts. He's like, there was a... Fire yeah. in our house. Like, people could have died. We could, yeah. like, that's a very, and the thing is, he doesn't say, like, he doesn't scream at Paddington to, like, get out and throw him out or anything. What happens is he's talking to his wife and he's like, he can't stay here. We have to find somewhere else for him to go. And then Paddington chooses to quietly leave. Yeah. Like, even then, he's not going to throw, like, a young bear out on the streets. Like, he can be, you don't have, to, he just can't stay here. Yeah. Well, uh, and like, the
1: when the dad returns home after they go looking for Paddington, Mm-hmm. And they're like, did you find anything? Any news? And like, no the, no news. And the camera's like in the back, like behind him. And Mr. Brown just hangs his head. And the paintings of the trees on the wall. Yes. Yeah. The limbs just go limp. they just
0: wilt. Yeah, there,
2: there's this beautiful tree with like pink sakura blossoms that's like in the entryway of the home. And when Paddington leaves, the tree, the boughs limp and all of the blossoms drawn in the background disappear and all the flowers die. To so, like so, illustrate the, the pain that the house is in without him.
1: The Paddington Paddington movies have a look very much like silent movies in terms of like mm-hmm. they tell you so much visually.
0: Even like when they meet Paddington in front of the lost and found and like (laughs) the lost. Yeah. The found, the found sign in the wide shot, the lost and found, like the, the light bulb in the found side of the sign is like flickered and dull. And like when they decide to, to, when, when Mrs. Brown comes back or comes up to him, uh, the, the found light like clicks on and it's just like, it's such a great little, it's, it's so packed with little visuals like that.
1: And also, like, there are just a lot of jokes for... It's one of the things where, like, the jokes that kids won't get, but that's not because they're, like, over the head. They're just sort of, like, done in an adult way.
0: And not okay. like a, an adult adult but, way, exactly. Again. It's it's nuanced.
1: Like, who's on the phone? It's, <laughs> it's so the phone. It's Mr. Curry doing voice, a silly voice. Not <laughs> him. <laughs> oh, he says Paddington's been kidnapped. Like, <laughs> okay.
0: uh, Yeah, it's, uh, it's real good. Um and like the rescue mission at the end, it also has like this this reference to like the uh, Mission Impossible. To it's uh, it's so good. It's just everybody gets a ch- it's everybody gets a chance to shine. It's a it's a great like the family is a really good dynamic. Uh, Sally Hawkins is of course always a, a, a joy to to run across. Uh, yeah. I just it's uh and also honestly like the the animation on Paddington just wow it's
1: so good. Yeah. Like I, uh, uh the by, Paddington is voiced by Ben Wishaw, by the way. But mm. there's a moment when they take Paddington to uh, what's the guy's name? Jim Broadbent's character. Uh mm. Mr. Gruber.
0: Yeah. And Jim oh, Broadbent the, the, is the... playing
1: a very broad caricature <laughs> of, of a German
0: <laughs>
1: Yeah. But he tells the story and, like, they use the toy trains to sort of illustrate what the kinder children were and basically, like, what this moment they're talking about is. And the broadness of how he's playing the character feels in line with the movie because the movie is not a cartoon. No. No. And I feel like people use live-action cartoon in a way that means, like...
0: Well, because in America, they think of Alvin and the Chipmunks. Like, they think of the Smurfs. They think of these, like... Cheap slap together sort of heartless, uh, uh, you know, capital F family genre movies. Like it's, yeah. Sorry, well, went on well, a little well, bit of no, a cause thing
1: cause There was a moment where we talk about how Capaldi's character is helping Nicole Kidman's character, and yeah. he has a massive crush on her.
0: Yeah, he's he's this cli- he's drawn as this like lonely shut in, right. uh, who's sort of pathetic and like uh, looks after the neighborhood in an obsessive old man like kind of racist way.
1: Right. And then when she captures Paddington, she throws him into the van, and it, the van on the side says "taxi" with the door open. If not, till she slides it shut, it says Dermis. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then such a great god. So he's many
1: great. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> You're gonna kill it. Uh, yeah. Goes, what did you think I was going to do? You had to have known. And it's almost like. Like a sly a sort of sly commentary on good Germans of like, where did you think they
0: would take it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh it, it's yeah, this movie has some really interestingly dark themes at times.
2: I think that these movies are interesting because they both deal with kind of like race again, like this British history, but also racism. Mm. In in different ways. It's both of these movies have like very explicit moments of racism or racism coded language.
1: Right.
2: Mm. Uh I, I think even like Peter Capaldi's character said something about like they'll take over the neighborhood soon or something yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. And I think that it's just interesting that oh, I lost my thread that <laughs> both of these movies have this and kind of deal with it, but also show that there is like, I don't want to say nuance and racism, but that like there are places that people exist in different places on the racism spectrum, but being on a lower place on the spectrum emboldens somebody in a more dangerous place. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah like not dealing with the racism that's in the air and only being like oh yes the, the the overt uh active racists are the only ones to care like that's that's what racism is it's those guys it's those guys <laughs> it, it's all of those rich uh like british dudes turning their back on uh, uh montgomery Clyde because he wouldn't shoot the uh, one of the intelligent bears uh right. it's it's not anything other than people who actively do specific overt racist things right
1: well that's well, the same time, like what patton does is like they treat the idea of a talking bear straight on <laughs> uh, because when very, they yeah. show up and the bear is sitting there, like, don't look at the bear, don't look at him, it's just a talking. Or, bear, or like when
0: when he's missing, and I think it's uh, it's Mrs. Brown being like, well, he's three foot tall, he's wearing a red hat, and uh, he's a bear. I'm afraid, <laughs> I'm afraid that's not a lot to go on. <laughs>
2: and she goes, really?
0: <laughs> um. Oh oh wait i had something and now now i lost it uh Hmm. oh that was it it like the one like thing that i will will criticize and it's it's a a sort of a a sidelong thing that connects to a a outside issue i suppose but like the the bit with the the when they're in the explore the sorry the geographers club where mr brown is like cross-dressing to sneak in (laughs) they're like it's There's something about the British tradition of cross-dressing humor that puts me a little bit on edge because I I have an ongoing curiosity slash concern about how that connects to how virulent anti-trans stuff is in the UK in the present. And like I recognize that those are separate things. But I wonder personally, and I, I don't know if there's writing on this, I'm sure there is, and I just haven't looked into it uh, deeply enough. But like, I, I often wonder if the, the British tradition of using cross-dressing as a, a sort of slapstick ridiculous thing is part of why like the British public and press are so much more willing to dehumanize trans people because they see these things as linked. Right. And uh, I, I don't know, I, I think about that. And this this movie is not doing it in an overtly mean way, but in a way, that's kind of what we were just talking about.
1: Right, well, and part of what this movie does when Mr. Brown does dress up as a woman is mm. you're used to that gag going that route, mm. but instead it turns into, so your arm grew back then. Mm-hmm. And he's <laughs> like, nope, it's a fake on, Really? And he just stabs it, and you're like...
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's I don't know. I I had a I had a complex relationship with that scene mainly just because of all that stuff I just rattled about. Right, but, no, uh, I, I but, yeah. agree,
1: but I agree. But for me, it's saved slightly by the fact that it doesn't go throughout.
0: You would, yeah. It, it diverts out. into another, uh, a different kind of ridiculous because of <laughs> like we don't see the picture of the person he took the the clothes <laughs> of. Like we see the guy who's asking uh, the disguised Mr. Brown questions take the the ID badge out of the pocket and look at it and we, we find out that like the the woman who he's dressed as was much heavier and was apparently missing an arm. It and also had uh, a beard. And uh, <laughs> uh and yeah, so it's it's uh
1: like it's one of the things where like what, I guess, so, I, I, it almost sounds like the ID isn't wasn't even a woman. Oh um, yeah yeah. <laughs> so he's like um uh. I actually,
2: what I thought was actually really interesting about this scene, and I didn't mention it at the time, was that so essentially he has this idea, someone who looks very different and only has one arm, and then he, they're like, did your arm grow back? And he's like, no, this is a fake arm. You can stick me with a pen, you know. And then he's like, no, it's a fake arm. And then there's a cut back to Paddington searching for documents, and the cut back to him and the guy just stabbing him with a pen, <laughs> a P-I-N yeah. pen, which is funny, but it's also, I think, I don't know. How to say this, but it's also like one of the things that disabled people talk about a lot. Oh is, yeah, is people feel like, oh, like hey, you have a fake arm. Why don't I just mess yeah. around with your fake arm? It's like you're you not. Ca- you're not
0: really blind. You're not acting blind. But,
2: but it's also like that's a five thousand. Like if that was a fake arm, it'd be like five thousand dollars. <laughs> don't poke it. <laughs> don't don't that grab me. Cheap. Don't yeah. grab my assistive devices. That, it's don't grab like, my hearing aids. Don't. Grab somebody because they're disabled and think that you can play a game with their.
0: Yeah, it's 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 that it's that territory. It's that thing about the uh, bodies of other seen as territory for investigation by the 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 majority group. So like whether it's whether it's white people like grabbing black hair or whether it's uh, yeah like messing with someone's prosthetics. Like yeah, it just that 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 like presumption that like oh this is this is different and therefore I have a, a certain right to investigate it
1: right. All right. so that's all the time we have for we right now
0: <laughs> bleak. We're, we're a bleak moment to end on but it's a very charming movie
1: uh, <laughs> well that's what I liked about it like, okay you know what this is why I love Paddington there's a lot to discuss yeah that's, that's, that's a that's weird family. yeah
0: it's a, it's a good family movie because it respects like the, the humanity of its audience and its characters even the bear somehow yeah
1: uh, <laughs> Especially the bear. Yeah. Um, all right.
0: Yeah. I, go,
1: I highly recommend the one. second one, which is even better. Mm-hmm. All right, that's all the time we have for now. Uh, next time there, we'll have there will have another episode on Antifa propaganda. Woo! Yay. Or was that overheard someone say Antifa?
0: No, 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 no. They 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 did the the like Antifa as opposed to Antifa. <laughs>
1: Uh, they did the Trump
2: pronunciation Yeah. gotcha
1: anyhow uh, we will be looking at comic book movies uh, in particular the last decade of the DCWB and the MCU in terms of how what propaganda they have successfully or unsuccessfully or unintentionally have done and also probably delve into how the Pentagon has worked with movies in order to like in a quid pro quo sense Mm -hmm. Uh, that's going to be a fun one. And we'll Jane more! Yeah. By, by uh, Alejandra again. So that'll be fun. Yay! Okay, right, that's all the time we have. Say goodbye, Thad and Kara. Goodbye, Thad and Kara.
0: Look, we're going to talk about this Angled File thing. Bye.